Hey everyone, and thank you for joining in on my podcast again today. It's such a pleasure to have you with me. I trust that you're being blessed by the word that's being taught here. And it's such a blessing to me to teach the word of God and to minister the word of God. I love seeing the results that the word of God promises us. I like seeing people's lives changed. We have countless testimonies of where people would just sit under the word of God and because Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. faith arose in their heart, and they were able to receive from God. They were able to receive what God had promised them. And it's such a blessing to watch that. It's incredible to see what God does in people's lives. We're going to talk more today about the Holy Ghost and his fullness and his work in and through the life of every single believer. The Holy Ghost wants to come upon the church of God in these last days to empower them to do the work of Christ. You know, Jesus had to be anointed by the Spirit of God to fulfill his earthly ministry. He had to be anointed by the Spirit of God to perform miracles, to heal the sick, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And he had to be anointed because he laid aside his power and glory and took on the form of a servant. So he didn't do what he did solely because he was the son of God. Although he is the son of God, he didn't do what he did because of that. No, he had to be anointed by the spirit of God as a man. And so if Jesus had to be anointed by the spirit of God to do what he did, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ must be anointed to do what it's called to do. We have to be anointed We need the Holy Ghost in his fullness, that power to come upon us. And so when the Holy Ghost comes on us, we're enabled to do what the Lord has called us to do. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost in his fullness today. We're going to talk about the Spirit of God upon with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Now, a lot of times Christians get nervous about that tongue stuff. They get nervous about the tongues part of this. They get nervous because they've been taught wrong, because it's confused them or been confusing to them, and people have mocked it, and preachers have preached against it, and as a result, they just shy away from it or stay away from it. But you know, we ought not to shy away from anything that the Word talks about, amen? We ought to look at what the Bible says and follow that, and not follow after man's ideas and man's concepts and theories about the matter. No, follow what the word says. What does the word say? And so let's look at what the Bible says. Get out your Bibles, get out your pens and notebooks, get ready to study the word of God with me today. We're going to look at what the Bible has to say when you're filled with the spirit of God. The evidence that comes is that you'll speak with other tongues. And we're going to look at this. So for starters, look in your Bibles at Acts chapter 2. And look at the first verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And yes, I am turning in my Bible. We're not adding sound effects to this podcast. (laughs) I'm turning in my Bible physically. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And let's look here. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. That word cloven there literally means divided tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. Notice it said it sat upon each of them. So we're not talking about the Spirit of God within anymore, although he comes to dwell in us. When we ask Jesus to come into our heart, he comes into our heart in the person of the Holy Spirit coming in us. He dwells in us. And he's, the scripture said in John chapter 14, verse 16, that he'll abide with us forever. And we know that when we're saved and born again, we receive the nature of God on the inside of us. We have eternal life abiding in us. Amen. And we have that joy and that peace and that love. It all dwells in us because we've been born again. But now we're talking about something else, something that will sit upon you. In verse 3, it said that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon them. And verse 4 said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So obviously this is a separate experience. This is another experience. See, there's the fullness of the Spirit that every single believer ought to to have. The fullness of the Spirit that every single believer ought to have. The dual working of the Holy Ghost is that He comes in you, but then that He comes upon you and anoints you with power. And right here we see where... He sat upon them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. See, in verse 3 it said he sat upon them. And in verse 4 it said they were all filled. See, these are synonymous terms. The Spirit of God upon, being filled with the Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. These are all synonymous terms. They're talking about the same experience. The Spirit of God upon. And they were filled. And notice it said, and began to speak. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So see, when they were filled, they were filled and what happened was that they began to speak with other tongues. The evidence that they had been filled. And notice who did the speaking. It said in verse 4, they did the speaking. They were filled and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I was in a church service one time and down in Oklahoma and it was a Wednesday night and at the end of the service I was talking to different individuals and one of my, somebody I knew came up to me and said, hey we're trying to get this girl filled with the Holy Ghost, will you come over and help us? And I said, sure I will. And so I went over and there was this little girl that they were trying to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And it looked like you could just look at her face and tell she was having a hard time receiving. And the people that were trying to help her were having a hard time trying to teach her. And it was frustrating to them. And she just wasn't getting it. And they were trying to show her how to do it, trying to get her to yield, trying to get her to get you know to speak. And in desperation, they finally just said, well, you know what, we're going to say some words in tongues. And you just repeat after us what we're saying in tongues, and maybe that'll just help, you know, loosen up your tongue. <laughs> loosen up and you can start to speak. Kind of like jumpstart an engine, I suppose. Well, that didn't work. You know, somebody asked, well, what happened? Well, nothing happened because she didn't receive, because that's not a biblical practice. That's not a biblical practice. See, if you're going to get Bible results, you have to practice what the Bible say says. You have to have biblical practices 
in order to get biblical results. And, you know, that girl went away. I was so upset. I, and I just had to walk away. I had to walk away from the whole thing. But, you know, that girl didn't receive that day because she wasn't being taught. And, you know, there's only two reasons why a person won't receive the Holy Ghost. It's either a lack of faith or a lack of yieldedness or a lack of teaching and a lack of understanding. See, a lack of faith, lack of yieldedness, or a lack of teaching and a lack of understanding. And you know what? You have to teach what the Word of God says and you have to show people what the word says and then you have to act on the word of God. But we don't need to try to do the Holy Ghost part. The Holy Ghost doesn't speak with tongues, but he gives the utterance for us to speak with tongues. The scripture says they were filled and they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, the Spirit of God will give the utterance. The Holy Ghost doesn't speak with tongues. But he gives the utterance. You do the speaking. You have to yield your tongue to him. You have to yield your tongue to him. I was ministering in a church one time. It was Sunday morning. And at the end of the service, pastor came up to me and said, Hey, there's an individual here that's never spoken with tongues. And would you minister to him? Would you talk to him about it? And I said, absolutely. And so this man came up to me, older man. And turns out he actually at one time had spoken with tongues and had received the Holy Ghost, but he'd let it slip and wane. And he said, I can't, I don't know how to speak with tongues anymore. I don't know what I'm doing to speak with tongues. Well, I started talking to him, trying to find out where he was at, trying to place him, so to speak. And in talking about him to him further, I took him to the scripture here in Acts 2 4 that we're reading, and I said, Well, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with who did the speaking, I said. And he looked at it and said, the Holy Ghost did. And I said, no, look at it again. Who did the speaking? And he said, the Holy Ghost did the speak. The speaks. And I said, no, look at it again. And we went on and on for a few times. And finally, I pointed out to him, look at this again. And he looked at it and he saw it. They did the speaking. Oh, the the disciples did the speaking. Yes. And you know what? We prayed for him. He was ready at that point. He saw it. The revelation came. You could see it in their eyes when the revelation comes. He saw it. And when he saw it, he was ready to receive. And so laid my hands on him to pray for him. And, you know, the Holy Ghost is faithful to come on, people. When you're operating in faith and when you're practicing the Bible... The Holy Ghost will do his part. And so he came on him right there with the laying on of hands. And when the Holy Ghost came on him, I said, all right, yield your tongue. You do the speaking, but yield your tongue to that utterance. Yield the t- your tongue. And guess what? He did. He spoke with other tongues. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said he had been filled years ago. I believe he said about 40, 50 years ago. He had been filled, but he had let it slip. Well, he got filled once again. We could say refilling once again. He got stirred up. But it, this time he had understanding from the word to know what had happened to him. And when you have understanding of the word, you have that sure foundation for faith. You're going to be able to walk in the truth. And you're going to be able to enjoy the blessings of God. And so the Holy Ghost doesn't speak with other tongues. But he gives the utterance so that believers can speak with other tongues.
And the Holy Ghost gives us this utterance. He helps us to pray out the plan of God. Amen. He, he helps us in our lives so that we can speak forth the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about the mysteries of God. He who speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. How be it in the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in the fourth verse, or I'm sorry, in the second verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 says that. He speaketh mysteries. He speaketh mysteries. And so, you know, people a lot of times, they don't want to enter anything that's into anything that's mysterious to their mind. They don't want to enter into anything or, or be a part of anything that's, that they can't understand in their mind. But see, when you're only, only looking to your mind to understand things, you're going to miss out on the blessings of God. You're going to miss out on what God has for you. Because the things of the Spirit and the things of God, they're, they're not going to make sense to your natural mind all the time. They're of the Spirit. They're eternal things. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, they're of the Spirit. They work in the realm of the Spirit. They're not natural or carnal words. They're not going to make sense to the natural. They're contrary to the natural a lot of times. But they will affect this natural realm if you practice it, if you speak it. And, you know, the things of God, they're not natural and they're not carnal, but they are spiritual and they work in the realm of the spirit. And it's, you know, it's important that we understand that we're spirit beings. We're not just carnal beings. We're not just flesh beings. We're not just a soul and we're not just a body, but we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And so when we're talking about the things of God, we have to understand we have to grasp these things with our spirit. We have to take hold of these things in our heart. We have to get the revelation down on the inside of us and then renew our mind to the word of God. Not following after the traditions of man. Not following after the precepts of man. Not following after, you know, the ideas and the concept and the theories of other human beings. Because a lot of times those theories and concepts are just their ideas and their philosophies. And, you know, a lot of times people go to seminaries and it's more like going to a cemetery than really going to a Bible seminary. Because all they come out with is a bunch of junk and a bunch of bunk, if you want to know the honest truth. They come out with a bunch of ideas that are not from the word of God. No, the things of God are eternal. The word of God is eternal. These subjects that we talk about, they're eternal. Amen. Glory be to God. Now I want to look at some things here. Let's talk about the purpose for speaking in tongues. Let's look about the purpose for speaking in other tongues. I want to give to you real quickly... 11 different purposes for speaking with other tongues. Because people want to ask sometimes, what's the point of speaking with other tongues? Or why do you Pentecostal folk always talk about speaking with tongues? Why is it so important? Well, I'm going to give you 11 reasons why we should speak with tongues and why we should daily fill ourselves up and speak forth this utterance. 
Number one, speaking in tongues provides a divine supernatural means of communication with God. And we looked at that earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. He who speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So he who speaks in tongues provides a divine supernatural means of communication with God. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. He who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Well, what's he talking about? Well, talking about in your prayer life, but praying in the Spirit. He helpeth our infirmities. Because we don't always know how to pray as we ought. But he maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I'll just add this in because we're teaching the Bible, right? We're looking at what the Bible says. We want to study what the Bible says. The groanings which uh, Paul talked about here in Romans 8.26, a lot of times groanings are oftentimes done in the flesh by so many people. A lot of times Pentecostal people... They get over into the flesh and make groanings in the flesh when they should be in the spirit. See, the groanings that were that Paul talked about here are of the spirit and by the spirit. We got to be careful that we're not groaning in the flesh, but that we're groaning in the spirit. Because when you get into that deeper place of groaning and you get into that deeper place in the spirit in your prayer life, that when you get to that place, it takes you so far and so deep that the will of heaven and the things of God begin to be opened up to you and revealed to you in such a mightier way, and he begins to use you in a mightier way in your prayer life. But make sure that those things are of the spirit and not of the flesh. Amen. Another reason for speaking with tongues, tongues provide personal and spiritual building or up or edification of the spirit man tongues provide personal and spiritual building up or edification of the spirit of man jude verse 20 jude is only one chapter there's only one um chapter in the book of jude and jude verse 20 says beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the holy ghost See, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build up your spirit, man. You edify yourself. And that's another reason or purpose for praying in tongues. Verse, or, uh, another, another reason for praying in tongues or another purpose for speaking in tongues is praying in tongues, we know we are praying out the perfect will of God. By praying in tongues, we're praying out the perfect will of God. And we saw that earlier in Romans chapter 8, 26, looking at it again. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. Well, that word infirmities there is weakness, if you look it up. He helpeth our weaknesses, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches out the searches the hearts, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. See, when we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying out the perfect will of God. 
he and the Holy Ghost makes intercession for the saints, giving utterance to the saints according to the will of God. And so praying in the Spirit helps us pray out the perfect will of God for our lives. Another reason is praying in tongues is a means by which we can magnify God. A means by which we can magnify God. When you pray in tongues and speak in tongues, you magnify God. You make God bigger. You know, God isn't going to get any bigger than he already is, but he can be bigger in your life or he can be smaller in your life. It depends on what you make of it. It depends on what you do with what's been given to you. And when you pray in tongues, you can magnify God and make him bigger in your life. You can build up your spirit and build up your innermost being. And also when you pray in the spirit, you begin to enlighten your spirit and enlighten your being to where God becomes bigger in your life. And he's magnified in your life. And if you magnify God, the situations around you, the storms around you, the circumstances or the things that you face can become smaller and will become smaller. But if you're magnifying the devil and magnifying the problem all the time, then God becomes smaller. So it just depends on what you do with it. But God can be bigger or smaller in your life depending on what you do with him and depending on how much revelation you have of him. But see, when we pray in tongues, we magnify God and he becomes bigger in our life. Another purpose for speaking in tongues. This is number five. Speaking in tongues helps us stay conscious of the Holy Ghost's presence. You know, we need to be conscious of his presence. We need to be conscious of who he is in our life. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. We need to be aware and conscious of the comforter in our lives. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our intercessor. He's our strengthener and our standby and the spirit of truth. And when we pray in tongues, we get spirit conscious. When we speak in tongues, we get more conscious of the things of the spirit and we get conscious of his presence in our lives. Another reason for speaking in tongues is tongues aid us in the worshiping of God. They aid us in the worshiping of God. We can worship God in tongues. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You can turn there in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look at the 14th verse. For he said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 15. For what is it then? I will pray in the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. Now notice, I will sing in the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So see right there, tongues aid us or help us in the worshiping of God. We can sing in the spirit. We can worship God in the spirit. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, There were at the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, names the, or lists the names of five men, begins with Barnabas and ends with Saul. Verse 2 says, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, and this is Acts chapter 13, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord. Well, how can we minister to the Lord? We can minister to the Lord in the Spirit. Paul said in this verse we just looked at that you can sing in the Spirit and you can sing with the understanding also. So tongues help us in worshiping the Lord. Number seven, praying in tongues stimulates your faith. Praying in tongues stimulates 
your faith. It activates your faith. We looked at it in, in Jude verse 20. Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It can stir up your faith. You can stir up your faith by praying in tongues. Number eight, praying in tongues gives spiritual refreshing. Spiritual refreshing. And we know from the scripture in Acts, we've looked at it many times, that when Peter was teaching on the Holy Ghost, teaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, he said something very interesting in Acts chapter 2. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 3, and look at the 19th verse. Peter is preaching here, and he says something very interesting. He says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, and your sins, that your sins may be blotted out, when times of refreshing shall come in the presence of the Lord. When times of refreshing shall come in the presence of the Lord. Well, we want to be refreshed in his presence, amen? We want to be refreshed in his presence. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11, I'll just read it to you for sake of time. It says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Verse 12, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest. This is the, look, notice, the refreshing, yet you would not hear. So what did he say? He's talking about when believers would be filled with the Holy Ghost. He's talking about that Holy Ghost experience and stammering lips, stammering lips and another tongue. He will speak to this people. So he's, Isaiah the prophet is pointing toward this time when the Holy Ghost would be poured out. And notice what comes. This is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. Well, you can be refreshed or spiritually refreshed when you pray in other tongues. Times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord can come. You can have times in the presence of the Lord when you're praying in the Spirit. Because see, you're getting Spirit conscious. You're being conscious of the Spirit of God and the conscious of the presence of God. Number nine, praying in tongues is the best way to give thanks to God. Praying in tongues is the best way to give thanks to God. To God. Why? Because you're speaking unto God. You're speaking out mysteries according to the kingdom. You're speaking out in the spirit and you can give thanks to God in that way. When I am praying in tongues, a lot of times I'll say, Lord, help me thank God. I'll say, Holy Ghost, help me thank God right now. Help me bless my heavenly father in the spirit right now. And tongues is a mean whereby we can thank God. Number 10, praying in tongues brings your tongue under subjection, praying in tongues protects you from the contamination of the world. You know, Jesus said something very interesting in the Garden of Gethsemane when the disciples were with him and he was getting ready to go to the cross and he was struggling with his will and the disciples were asleep and he was trying to get them to pray with him and he said to him, can't you just pray with me one hour? Can't you just pray with me one hour? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said to them, though, something very interesting. He said, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Pray that you enter not into temptation. 
Well, when you pray in the Spirit, you help to protect yourself from getting into temptation. You pray in the Spirit, and you become Spirit-conscious, and the contamination of the world has a harder time getting on you. And when you pray in the Spirit, it protects you. And you help bring your natural tongue under subjection. Why? Because you're yielding your tongue to the Lord. You're yielding your tongue to the Lord. Number 11, the final reason for and purpose for speaking in tongues is praying in tongues is the introduction to the gifts of the Spirit. I like to say it's the doorway into the supernatural realm of God. Hallelujah. The door to the supernatural. When you start to speak with tongues, when you pray in the Spirit, it begins to open up the door to the gifts of the Spirit. You begin to step over into deeper realms of God. Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spirit songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, what happens when you're filled? What is the spirit-filled life supposed to look like? What are the characteristics of the spirit-filled life? When you speak and you're full, you'll speak with tongues, but you'll also speak in psalms and hymns and spirit songs. We don't have the time to teach on it. We will sometime in the future. But psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, they're of the spirit. They come out of your spirit. They come out... Not out of your head, but out of your heart. And it magnifies God. And it has a means whereby you bless the Lord in your own personal life. And it's the doorway to deeper things in the realm of God. And when you give your tongue over to the Spirit and yield yourself to praying in tongues and dedicate yourself to praying in the Spirit every single day, and you make time to pray in the Spirit every single day, you'll step into a deeper place in God. You'll go through the door to deeper things in the supernatural. It's not the doorway to the fruit of the Spirit, because, see, the fruit of the Spirit comes when you've been born again, when you've been born of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 talks about that, the fruit of the Spirit. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit there. That In your Bible, the word Spirit there is probably capitalized, but there's only one word for Spirit, and it's pneuma. And so the translator had to basically decide whether or not he was talking about the spirit of God or the human spirit. But according to the context of Galatians chapter 5, Paul was talking about the human spirit. And so the fruit of the spirit, your human spirit, is love, joy, peace, Patience, faith, meekness, tempers. We know these things. These are the fruit of your human spirit as a result of being born again. The Holy Ghost doesn't bear fruit. You bear the fruit. Scripture said Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. See, it's not, and when we are filled with the Spirit of God, it's not, and we speak with other tongues, it's not the doorway to the fruit of the Spirit. No, those things come as a result of being born again. No, but being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with tongues is the doorway to the supernatural and the gifts of the Spirit. See, there's a difference. There's the fruit of the Spirit when you're born again and the Spirit of God comes to live in you. The fruit of the Spirit shows up. But when you're filled with the Spirit and the Spirit of God comes upon you, 
then the gifts of the Spirit begin to show up. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1 talks about where Paul was passing through the upper coast of Ephesus. He came and found certain disciples. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said, unto what baptism were you baptized? They said, unto John. And he said, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying, saying that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. And it said when the disciples heard this, they received they were received the word and they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And then here's what I want to get to. Notice, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Spirit of God came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So what happened? When they were filled with the Spirit of God and they spoke with tongues, what showed up? Prophecy. See, tongues is the door to the supernatural. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you open the door to the gifts of the Spirit and the deeper realms of God. So there's 11 reasons or 11 purposes for speaking with other tongues. And there's so much here, guys. We're going to get into more next week. I trust that you're being blessed. Remember that you can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. You can go look at our website, stephenoverbod.com. And be blessed by all the material that's being brought forth. Follow us and find out when we're going to different places, upcoming events and meetings. And I trust that you're being blessed by this ministry. And I thank you for being a partner and for joining in to what the Spirit of God is saying and doing right here. All right, be blessed. We'll see you next time.